Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, listeners, to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler, publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the number one Google-rated site for art fairs, ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for art fair artists, ArtShowReviews.com, where you will find reviews of art fairs for artists from artists, and CallsForArtists.com, the one place online to find shows all over the country looking for artists. Our topic today is... What good is a website to an artist? Be sure and stay tuned as we cover all kinds of interesting information on this episode, including the number one mistake that artists are making with their websites. We're also talking about website design, hosting, URLs, SEO, Facebook, and much, much more. Today's guest is Scott Fox, my son. Scott is the founder of the popular lifestyle entrepreneur coaching community, ClickMillionaires.com, and author of the new book, Click Millionaires, Work Less, Live More with an Internet Lifestyle Business You Love. Scott actually is a click millionaire because he's a serial startup entrepreneur, executive, podcaster, and author whose e-business strategy coaching helps small business owners and corporations make more money online. He's built many multi-million dollar e-businesses ranging from niche online ventures to Silicon Valley venture capital-backed startups and Fortune 500 corporate websites and also sites for celebrities like Bill O'Reilly and Larry King. A graduate of the University of Michigan and Stanford Law School, he's the best-selling author of three books, Internet Riches, E-Riches 2.0, Next Generation Online Marketing Strategies, and the new Click Millionaires, Work Less, Live More, with an Internet Lifestyle Business You Love. Of course, I've read his books and ascribed to his ideas as they are the basis on which I've built my sites and my business. But my favorite tip for artists is his site, expertwebsitereviews.com, where he does a 15-minute video review of a website and gives strategic info on how to improve it. Check out expertwebsitereviews.com after this podcast. Listeners, Listeners are invited to visit www.clickmillionaires.com for free email newsletters and to visit the Friendliest Lifestyle Business Coaching Community online for free. Actually, it is a community like artfairinsiders.com where people help each other with their online businesses. And I think Scott patterned it after artfairinsiders.com. Listen to the end of the show to get free promo code to join for free normally reserved to purchasers of the books only. Welcome, Scott. It's great to talk with you today. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> this should be fun. I'm happy to help the artists. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I think you know a little bit about the art fair business, having grown up in it, so we are ready to get a good dose of your online expertise, which will meld in with your, merge in with all your art fair business So experience. So here we go. Scott, a common theme with artists is that websites just aren't making them any money. 
and having a site causes people to walk away from their booth at a show when maybe they would have purchased right then and there. What good is a website? <laughs> what good is a website? She asks the guy who's uh, online uh, a thousand hours a week. <laughs> well, obviously I'm biased on this, and as you said, I've written three books about this stuff as well as spending almost 20 years online, which is probably as long as anybody. So um, I'm a big fan of the Internet, and, and I think that artists are really missing an opportunity, and I guess that's why we, we cooked up this episode together to help people get over this hump or, or aversion to the Internet, uh, continuing to see it as some sort of obligation that they really wish would go away. I mean, that's the vibe I get from a lot of the folks in the ArtshareInsiders.com forum um, and in other industries too, but I think artists in particular um, seem to, to see the – it's kind of like people in, in the rest of the businesses I work in, they see mobile as this new thing that's intruding on the, on the fact that they're doing well online. It feels like artists are resistant to the web sometimes. Not all of them, but, but some of them, and that's really who I guess we'll try to help today. So. So what good is what good is a what good is a website? Um, well, I think the point is that the internet is continuing to increase its influence in our lives, and, and we'll get more specific. I've got some good tactical advice for folks as we roll through the show here. But but I think everybody needs to anyone who's skeptical about this just needs to step back for a minute and think about ten years ago or, or even fifteen years ago. Well, frankly, even five years ago. The trend in every aspect of digital media has just increased, right? I mean, 15 years ago, you didn't need to do email. Now, if you don't do email, you're, you're way offline. You know, you didn't need to have a mobile phone. Well, now you have to have a mobile phone. Maybe you don't need a smartphone yet, but you're going to need one soon. Your entertainment is now digital and high def. You know, in every aspect of our lives, digital is increasing its penetration, and that's happening for sales, too. And I know the art fair business is so much fun to go out and meet people face-to-face, -face, but to ignore this other huge sphere of economic activity is it's just shooting yourself in the foot, frankly. So so I can go on about this for hours, and, you know, like I've said, we've written a few books about it. Um, but and really we're true believers, it. are we not? <laughs> well, we are true believers, and I guess, you know, why. and the reason why is not to put too fine a point on it, but we're making money doing this. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. I've done very well by it, and and I'm not an artist. Uh, but um, you know, it's, this is kind of my art in some ways, I guess. So I, uh, um, and you know, now that I'm an author, I'm even more a creative person. But but there is money here. So let's I guess let's get to it, right? That, well, why is there money here, and, and why is this stuff um, more than a distraction? As you as you kind of put it in your opening question there. Right. Um, I, I think. I have a couple answers, and, and you mentioned expertwebsitereviews.com there a minute ago. I, I do these reviews for people, and I've done a lot of them for members of the Art Fair Insiders community, including one just yesterday for somebody who was uh, a winner in your recent pledge drive, and I was reviewing his site. And, and, and I, here's a couple of the things uh, I'm thinking about are specifics that I see as consistent mistakes that artists are doing with their websites. And none of these are real hard to change, and they're not heavy on the technology, and they don't cost a lot of money. It's mostly an adjustment of attitude, and, and this uh, here. So here is three, and these are again a little big picture, but we'll get more and more specific as we talk through this this show. But okay, so here's three things I think most artists are doing wrong. First of all, a website is for sales. Now that sounds blindingly obvious, but the number of websites that I look at, especially from artists, they tend to think it's a gallery or an art fair, and they're showing off lots of pretty pictures, and they don't have any sales-driven copy and they're lacking calls to action. So they're putting up a bunch of pictures and then expecting people to come and connect the dots for them. Now, that's not good enough. A website doesn't have the huge advantage that you have in an art fair. In an art fair, you have the context of an art fair. 
people have gotten in their cars responding to a newspaper article or something they heard on the radio or a local tradition, and they get in their car and they deliberately drive out to look at the art. And they're there, you know, at least in the back of their minds, they're, they're, there's a possibility of them buying something. They show Wait, up because they website. could be doing so many other things, right? I mean, they're, right, they didn't right. have to come to the art fair, did they? No. Exactly. You're, you're kind of preaching to the converted already. But on the Internet, you never know why somebody's going to show up there. And they don't have the context of you standing there and smiling at them, looking like an artist, and offering them your jewelry or your pottery or your paintings or your wood or whatever it is. So, okay, so the point is you've got to have some language on there that says, hi, welcome, this is what I do. I'm really freaking good at it. Check out these pictures. And you should buy some. That's not that hard. But most artist websites that I see, they arrive and you want to lead with the art. And people, it's the impression I get is that they think the art is somehow going to jump off the page and inspire people to then buy it. And, and you just got to connect the dots a little bit for people a little more. All right, so that's enough on that. Unless you want to have a question, I'll keep going. Um, okay, so and so you have visited artist sites, haven't you? And you've, yeah, you've, a bunch of yeah, them. And you, yeah, okay. So right. here's well, the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not picking artists here. This is a common oh. problem in every industry. <laughs> um, we want to show you what we do, and hopefully that's that's the sell, right? But that's not enough sell. Yeah, well, even in, in the booth, right, you need to ask for the sale. If you see somebody standing there admiring your painting for 20 minutes, you're going to convert them into a customer much more likely if you go up and say, uh, you know, there's an assumptive close. Would you like me to box that for you? <laughs> you know, or or I could give you 10% off, or you know, something that leads them into a dialogue about the sale. And most artist websites that I've seen, and I may be ignorant, but that's my impression, they put up a bunch of pretty pictures and hope for the customer to connect the dots. And, and you can solve this literally with a few sentences of copy on your page. So that's number one. Um, number two is about usability. And usability is just the idea that the website is easy to use. And a lot of the sites I see, they're either websites that were built maybe 10 years ago, and the pictures are really small, and the fonts are really small, and they're hard for people to read because 10 years ago people had less bandwidth, and so every image, you know, anything larger than a postage stamp took too long to load, so everything was really small. Well, those sites all need to be updated. Most people have uh, broadband, at least in the affluent demographics that artists target, and even on our phones now, 3G and 4G phones, the the photos need to be bigger, and they need to be nice, not to replace the the call to action copy I was just talking about, Um, but they need to be big and attractive. And then, like the site I looked at yesterday, very nice work, but nothing was bigger than literally a thumbnail, and I couldn't even tell what it was. Uh, The colors, it wasn't well lit, which is a whole other discussion, of course, which you folks know better about than I do. But, you know, there's got to be good photos of a certain size. And then usability-wise, I think you need to keep in mind your audience here. When I grew up doing art shows, (laughs) or following you around art shows, the demographic for this stuff is generally people probably 50 plus. Those people all wear reading glasses. You need your fonts to be large enough that they can see them without the reading glasses and with the contrasting colors. Like the, Again, not to pick too much on the site I was looking at yesterday, but he had brown type on a black background. Well, that might look cool to a 25-year-old, but for a 60-year-old, that's really hard to read. 
Um, so that sort of thing needs to be paid attention to. Larger fonts, good usability, and then the buttons all need to work. Of course, that's obvious. But that kind of usability stuff, again, doesn't cost a lot of money, but is important to pay attention to. Again, I think the theme I'm coming up with here on the spot is connecting the dots for the customer. You can't just put this stuff up and expect it to sell itself. And then my third point, and this is probably the most important, well, I don't know if it's the most important one, but it's the one I think will be, again, uh, very important to the art fair business because it's about personalization. The fun of the art fair business that I've seen is that you artists go to shows and you get to stand there and you meet people and you get to hang out with each other and it's a lot of personal interaction. Yet the number of artist websites I go to where the About Us page is minimal with one bad picture of the artist at most, that's the majority of the ones I've seen. The story of who you are and the work you do and why you do it is really important to the sale. And again, that's, that's obvious when somebody goes to a show. They see you standing there. They see what you look like. They can make judgments about you know, how you wear your hair and what, you know, or what color clothes you wear and, you know, and your art. And they, oh, There's a story just visually there immediately. You have to try a little harder online. But again, this is stuff you could create once and put it up there. But I would, make, I would put your picture on, right on the front page. Say, hi, I'm Fred or I'm Julie and I make this great jewelry and smile, a good photo of you, maybe in your booth or making the art. And that, that last point is the key one, making the art. A lot of artist patrons are into buying art because they want to support an artist and support their vision. And you need to share that on the website like you do in person. I'll bet that most of you are listening to this who are artists who are frustrated with your website sales. You have a certain number of customers who are collectors, and they really are into what you do. They're living vicariously through your creative process, and they're paying you for it by buying your art. You need to give them that opportunity on the website too. And about us that really makes sense, that comes alive with lots of good pictures, or even better, how about a video? A video of you making those pots or, or, or painting the, the, uh, the paintings or out on a shooting trip for your photography. That behind-the-scenes stuff is what collectors really are into. And I've seen very little of that on the, art fair, on the art fair artist sites that I've looked at. And I think that personalization could really take the sales to another level as well. So how's that? Was that interesting or unusual that's advice? That's pretty good. Well, that's not unusual advice. You know, that's we we all know um, underneath it all that the, a lot of the time the buying that happens at the art fairs is they are not just buying the painting. They are buying the story behind that artist. When I do the featured artist stories on my website, I'm just I always ask for how did you get started in the art fairs and why are you doing this and what give tell me about you. Let's make the personal connection because that is these people are blown away if they the stories that we all know about each other a background that everybody has the years and years of exploring and the various careers that people have had these are really interesting stories and artists are really interesting people we need our own reality tv show for sure but in the meantime <laughs> let's <laughs> we'll have great websites right <laughs> so um so okay so then scott um, we've had um, some discussion on the site recently um, about you know people um, starting their websites and a lot of people early on bit the bullet and had people had firms build them or website companies and things like that. Um, 
all of my sites, and I know your sites also, we have built ourselves. I have no HTML background. I have no very, very little coding. I could, I have done it all myself. Now, some people don't want to do it themselves. Actually, someone, right, Jay McDougall, who's a, a member on, on ArtFairInsiders.com, said he, in 20 hours, he built a really attractive site recently. So, Scott, what do you think about that? Do you think people should create their own, or where, 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 where should they go? Where, where would you go if you were had $100 <laughs> and 100 hours <laughs> and, right, no, right. and 40 hours? <laughs> <laughs> well, my general approach in my book and, and uh, at the ClickMillionaires.com coaching forum where we help people start Internet businesses is to do it yourself. I, I really recommend that because then you learn it and you can manage it a lot more cheaply. And even if later you end up outsourcing it, you've learned enough to be a better manager and know when you're getting ripped off. But I know a lot of artists, if we're talking specifically about artists today, it seems like the uh, the techier artists, generally, like, usually the photographers, it seems like, are the ones who yep. kind of lead the way with that stuff. <laughs> That's true. They are the ones. They all have websites yeah. just about. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they've been messing around with digital stuff for a long time anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe more than the potters or the jewelers or the painters, right? So um, those folks, so again, I, I think starting doing it yourself is a good idea. But these days, there's an in-between between doing it yourself and hiring another, hiring a firm. And what I'm increasingly seeing when I review these sites for artists for uh, through expertwebsitereviews.com, and it's not obviously not just artists. I review lots of sites. But um, for artists, increasingly, I'm seeing the in-between as an option, which is a store platform. A lot of folks have work, and they want to sell it online, and they need a template, essentially, for design that offers them good ways to display the photos and then adds a shopping cart and a couple other pages like an About Us that shows your personality and and maybe a couple other things like a show schedule and an email collector and that sort of stuff. That's a fairly standard offering in the larger world of websites. Ten years ago, that might have been fairly specialized. But today, that's really like a store. And I know it's kind of offensive if you're an artist to think, well, that I could use the same sort of uh, website set up for my beautiful art that is so much a part of me as some other guys use to sell shoes, but the fact is, it's true. If you have enough work, especially somebody with a higher volume, maybe somebody sells prints or something as opposed to one-of-a-kind, you know, house-sized sculptures or something, but um, a store platform is an easy thing to to buy and maintain without having no much or any technology. And let me get specific. Um I'll recommend some services to folks. There's one called BigCommerce.com, and this is a service actually that my own wife uses for her bit, her uh, her uh, fashion business. Um, and that's they're based in Australia, but it's a very clean, easy to use system. Uh, Shopify.com or even Yahoo. Yahoo has merchant services. They have a store system, and each of these services will cost you something like 20 bucks, maybe 30, even 40 dollars a month. Um, and that may sound like more money than you want to spend because you've never made a sale, but let's call it $30 a month, for a few hundred dollars a year, to have this thing up and running, it only takes a few sales to recoup this if you're selling art of any reasonable price point, and especially if you're selling jewelry or something. Um, that's nothing. So I would seriously consider doing that if you're not a person who wants to hand code the site themselves or even learn it. I would learn enough to upload these photos yourself, and these systems will help you, like you can upload a photo once and it will resize it three or four times for different display opportunities around the site. And then you get tools like customers who bought that 
like this, you know, or most popular items and things like that, which sound kind of tacky, but honestly, that's how merchandising works, and that's how you sell more stuff, and I don't see many artists doing that kind of thing. So store platforms are, I think, a good in-between for folks uh, like Jim McDougall or anybody else. And then, of course, you've got full-scale outsourced to a, an actual designer, and you can do that, too. Uh, if, you're, if you really want a, a unique-looking site uh, that really showcases your art, that's, you know, you can spend as much as you want, right? Do you want a, a used Volkswagen or do you want a Rolls Royce? You know, the budget is up to you. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, even when you do that, you're going to probably not end up with as good of merchandising and e-commerce tools as you do if you use a store platform because there aren't many really good designers that also really understand the usability of e-commerce and how to get people to buy more stuff. And that's what most artists are missing with their websites. They think that they're another gallery show, not a store. And the fact is it's a store and you need to treat it like it. Right. I also, I'm going to have to plug one of my advertisers. I have a a Jennifer Rapp Peterson who is an artist and also technically gifted, has a wonderful platform called IndieMade.com with with beautiful graphics and all of those things incorporated also. And and Jennifer's site is worth checking out, IndieMade.com. A bunch of people are using um, the WordPress blog. Can, Can you... Do shopping from a WordPress site, Scott? You can do uh, shopping from WordPress. There's a variety of plugins and, and so forth. Um, but it's not, at its heart, an e-commerce system. And frankly, if you're trying to sell stuff, why wouldn't you use a store? I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think it's that simple. Um, you could always use WordPress um, as an overlay, essentially, you know, a really cool and nicely designed uh, showcase that then it also cross links into the store. Um, that's more the way I would think, rather than trying to to bend WordPress to your wishes and make it to be a good store platform, because that's not what it's designed for. And and to your point about your advertiser there, what was the name of that site? IndieMade.com. I N D I E. Right. She, okay. Well, she's new, and well, she's not you know big. She's she's focused on this art, art fair niche. And Let's that's see. why you probably haven't heard of them. Yeah, yeah right. But, yeah. It's a good point because there are a number of platforms like that out there that are trying to help artists do this. And, and I, that's a little too specific for me to know exactly, but those are right. worth exploring. Um, and right. and I, would, I would recommend looking at them. Sure, why not, right? Right. Well, do you know about Weebly? I've got several people recommending Weebly. Is that, does that sound like a good platform for artists? Do you yeah, know about we, it? Weebly, they're probably attracted because the initial levels of Weebly are free. (laughs) And people keep trying to – this is the problem I have. It seems like artists keep trying to do this for nothing. And I I know you're frustrated because you're not making any money, but – if you know, we're not talking about spending a million dollars. We're talking about spending like fifty bucks a month, which you know, honestly, that's the price of a dinner out, right? These days. Um, so I don't like free platforms. Period. They, they, they're it, the problem is I've been on the internet long enough that I've seen a lot of things that used to be free change because they don't make enough money, and suddenly they change their terms of service and stuff that worked for you before doesn't work anymore, and it ends up not being so free anyway. And even Weebly has upgrade levels to include some of its more enhanced features, which turn out not to be free anyway. Not that they're hiding anything, um, mm-hmm. but it's I'd rather know what I'm getting up front and, and pay for it and with a company that's well-established. And Weebly is well-established. I'm not picking on them in particular. I'm more picking on the idea that, hey, I'll start with something free and hope that that works out. I'd rather have you invest a little bit in something you know is solid and then just just 
bite the bullet and do it <laughs> and do it right from the start. So, so Weebly has a good reputation and um, it's a it's a sort of generic, uh, friendly, e- very easy to use and graphically appealing website a starter kit. I, I think it's a fine place to start, um, especially if you want to do go the route I was talking about, like kind of do it yourself. Uh, I think that's fine. Um, it's not a store platform though, so you're going to end up probably having to plug in some e-commerce solutions anyway. If you're going to do that anyway, why not just like I said, use a store platform. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, right, all right. So, um, you know, one of the things that I, I just want to talk about, I think maybe a lot of people who are listening already do have their websites. I was talking to a man by the name of Barney Davy last week who advises uh, artists on how to sell, and he's he recommended, um, I want to talk about Earl's for a while, what in the world do you name your website? And his recommendation was to always use your name. Do not say beautifulphotographs.com. Do not say, you know, to try to try to use your name. What do you think about that? Well, is he an artist or a marketing guy, or what's his background? He's a marketing guy. He's a marketing guy. Um, well, you know, as my dad used to say, he's 100% uh-huh. right the equation. <laughs> if, uh, really what you're trying to do. If if you are trying to um brand yourself, then your name is great. The problem is that when people go online, they're not searching for Julie Smith unless they already know who Julie Smith is. In which case you don't need to be juliesmith.com because they already know who you are and they probably know what your domain name is. Um so it's kind of circular. Uh, I think it's fine, you know, if you're Ansel Adams, to be AnselAdams.com. The problem is what you do while you're spending decades becoming Ansel Adams, <laughs> right? Because nobody knows what your name is. Um, and that's why people want to do BeautifulPhotographs.com because then when people go into Google who have never heard of you, they can type in Beautiful Photographs. And if you own BeautifulPhotographs.com, well, odds are that Google is going to rank you very high in those search results and you'll get a torrent of traffic of people that never would have known about you if you were juliesmith.com because Beautiful Photographs is obviously related to a website about beautifulphotographs.com. And that's Google's job is to serve relevant results to its audience. Their customer is the searcher. And the the more relevant their results are, the better. And the biggest signal you can tell Google about the content of your site is what your domain name is. So Julie Smith, that doesn't mean anything. So juliesmith.com, Google says, okay, that's not relevant. you know, Julie Smith's going to have to try that much harder to rank in a search for beautiful photographs than if she had beautifulphotographs.com. So it's a little bit of both. So so what would I do if I were new and I didn't have a website? I would kind of try to split the difference a little bit. Um, I, I would try to mix my name and some keywords. Now, if you were lucky enough to be <laughs> born with a name like um, beautifulsculpture.com, if that's your name, great, but that's never going to happen, right? So you might call yourself... Uh, Smith Sculptures or something like that. So you had some of both, right? And it's, oh, it's Sculptures is in the word. That tells Google that it's a, a site about sculpture. Oh, and Smith Sculpture, that must be Julie Smith. Okay, those two, then you're kind of appealing to both the humans and the search engines. And, and that's the trick. So your your friend there um, saying to only go with your name, I'm, I'm not sure I buy that. Um, it's not, uh, it doesn't mean anything unless you make it mean something. And one of the big possibilities of the Internet is that you can reach people you didn't know already. That's the big promise of this, right? If you do this right, 
you don't have to keep going to shows because your website can attract sales from people that have never been to Las Olas or never been to 57th Street or Old Town, right, or Cherry Creek. They, they're people, you know, in Norway or, or, or in Maine who are just looking around and say, and they find your site, beautifulphotographs.com, and that's the photograph that I want hanging over my dining room table. And you get orders that fulfill themselves in the middle of the night without you having to gas up your van and drive all the way down to Florida. So... Cool. That's that's really interesting because, you know, I think that most of the artists are, well, at least to my mind, using their website like, like a business card, and it's a connection. Yes, I see you at this show, and now you can you can go to my website, and it's more like people that they've already seen, not just people who are doing generic searches online for gold and silver and platinum jewelry or somebody who is looking for images of New York City. I think they're more, I I always think of um, artist websites being more an offshoot of the face-to-face connection that they've had at an art fair. But what I hear you saying is, so you're trying to split the difference here, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. The the beauty of the face-to-face connection and the the email list building that you can do at a show by meeting people face-to-face is excellent, right? Of course, you're not going to walk away from that. But the promise of the Internet, what runs my businesses, I don't do any art fairs or anything like that. I don't go out in public. I do stuff online, and people find me, right? They find me, and they send me money, (laughs) right, for the different things that my business is so on. And that's... That's freaking cool, right? I don't leave the house. Very cool. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for teaching me. Yes, yes, right. It's been yeah, it's been a it's been a good um turnaround turnover for me because basically I don't go to art fairs anymore, but people find me. Are you are you still there, Scott? It sounded strange here for a second. Are you gone? Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so anyway. So okay, so then so if we Right, it's great. Okay, if they find you, I know somebody who sells leather goods who just is thrilled with with the internet, and he must have the right keywords or in. Else, okay, so there's the Earl, and then there's the keywords. Let's talk for a few minutes about keywords. Oh, before you do that, let me say we're already halfway through this show. Um, this is Connie Miller, and I'm speaking with Scott Fox of ClickMillionaires.com, and we are talking about websites for artists and artists making money online. Okay, Scott, I think I asked you a question before that. Oh, SEO and keywords. Keywords, yeah. Well, keywords SEO are SEO means, okay, SEO means search engine optimization. Explain that first for anybody okay, who doesn't know what it is. Search engine optimization. Search engine optimization, SEO, is what you do when you try to make your website attractive to Google. Uh, or Bing or Yahoo, but Google really is the the big fish in that pond, right, the search engine. And the idea is that if you can make your website attractive in the categories that you're trying to of goods you're trying to sell, like jewelry or photography or leather or whatever it is, then Google will rank your site highly when customers come to Google and look for things. So like a chiropractor, say, he wants to be number one ranked for chiropractor in Tampa. Right, because he's in Tampa and he's looking for new patients. So for you as a, a leather worker, you want to be, you know, fine leather goods or, or something like that, keywords like that. And if your site cries out to Google in a lot of different, they have hundreds of their algorithms, so it's much longer than we have time for. But if your site basically signals to them, hey, we're about leather goods, then when somebody comes to Google and types in leather goods, 
you want to rank up in those top results, number one, number two, at least on the first page. And if you do that, you'll get lots of traffic for nothing. It costs you nothing because Google's job is to take websites and categorize them. So search engine optimization is the process of modifying your website so that it becomes as attractive as possible, thereby attracting free visitor traffic customers. So how do you do that? Well, First of all, we talked about domain name already. The strongest signal you can send is to have a domain name that has your keywords in it. Then you want to insert your keywords in other places across the website. And this is it sounds very technical, but it's the first half dozen of them are pretty easy and we could talk about a future episode if you want or, or in the Art Fair Insiders forum or even better folks that are listening, come over to clickmillionaires.com. We do this all the time uh for free. But in our forum. Um but the keywords you, you have to pick are things related to your products and that if you do that right you can get free traffic when you show up in the search engine so what do you pick jewelry okay let, let's take for example jay mcdougall is uh, someone who just redid his site and he's the one who's specifically asking this question and he does woodworking um, wall sculptures and smaller pieces so what is he going to do for seo well, so the first thing you do is think about the words you just used, wall sculptures, woodworking, things like that, right? You're in the ballpark already. We're not talking about football. We're not talking about exercise equipment or French language lessons. Um, you've got those sort of ideas. What I would do is I would go to Google, and if you type in googlekeywordstool.com, googlekeywordstool.com, there's a free tool that Google gives you that you can type those phrases in, and you can see how many searches per month each of those phrases get. And you might be surprised to see that, for example, uh, woodworking gets you know 300,000 searches a month, but woodworking art gets 200,000 a month, but woodworking sculpture gets 700,000 a month, whatever. That's, that's a bad example. I just made it up. But you can compare and contrast different versions of related terms, and you can find out that, hey, this industry lingo you are using was actually no customers are searching for that. It would actually be the customers actually search for and input those keywords around your website, it will help tell Google. And what was the name of that tool again? It's the Google Keywords tool, so googlekeywordstool.com. Okay. And that's a free thing. You don't have to sign up for Google or anything. You can which firm clicks and which have the most competition already as well. Okay. All right. So... So the keywords. So we got domain name, and then we got keywords in there. Um, so his question was, "Do you think SEO is important for an artist? He's never sold to anyone who wasn't looking specifically for him, and maybe there's a reason. My feelings right now are that my work is too personal to sell to someone as a result of a product web search." Right, and that's that's like a philosophical difference. I don't think he's wrong. But I think deciding that closes you off even possibly. So mm-hmm. I don't – and it's hard to know what the keywords are uh, because if you come up with something really too personal, nobody's ever going to search on it, right? Um, so it, it, there is a, a back and forth in that discussion about how specific to get. But I guess my response would be um, you think it's too personal, but is your site really as optimized as you think it is? And with – something approaching 2 billion people online that really nobody ever is going to buy from you unless they actually meet you face-to-face at an art show? I mean, maybe that's true, but 
you know, I'm in the business of helping people expand their markets, and part of that is expanding your mental approach to this. And I, I'd love to see you, I'd love to see you try, um, because it doesn't actually cost that much, <laughs> and you can just change some words on your website um, and uh, work on some linking strategies and so forth that are part of a, a search engine optimization program, and um, and you might be surprised. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, hmm. well, one of the things you suggested talking about is how to use the web if your artwork is one of a kind that doesn't seem to sell well online. Do you have some ideas for people like that? Yeah. Or people, I know they're mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, right? They only have one piece of a, of a there's only one work uh, of this painting and it's a $8,000 painting or a sculpture some fine large like an outdoor installation or something um, those things are not as appropriate for a store form because you're not you don't have you know six or ten or a hundred of those in inventory it's not like a run of lithographs or something right um, so those folks are really going to build more of a showpiece site and that's the case where maybe my earlier recommendation about a store platform isn't so uh, so accurate, and I thought we would just talk about that for a minute. And say that's a, that's a approach too, because then maybe they won't have ten pages in each of them. It's a whole series of photographs about one item, and once that's bought, it's gone. Right? You don't need to keep uh, restocking essentially. So, uh, in those cases, there are some other platforms, like there's one called Wix, W-I-X dot com, which is a flash-based site, which is really good for for very pretty. Things. Um, and you can show a lot of photographs and so forth. Um, and in that case, you don't have a checkout because you aren't likely to suddenly buy an $8,000 sculpture online anyway. Um, so I think that that's okay. I guess I just wanted to make the point that um, solutions for artists are not one-size-fits-all because art, by definition, I guess, is, is so very itself. Okay. Well, what about if you think that... Um for people who think that their art is too expensive to sell without people seeing them in person, do you have any ideas for people like that? Yeah. Uh, I think you can probably do better than you think. Um, the combination of photographs, again, large photographs, not little something. Our phone can shoot video, and you can upload that to YouTube for free. Uh, Scott, there's something wrong with your sound. I, you keep fading in and out. Um, nothing's changed here. I'm doing my okay. best. I'm All right. Hear you. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. Go on. Uh, the combination of photos and video, I think, could actually provide a more compelling experience than a lot of people think, and especially if something's you know, selling north of a couple thousand dollars anyway, uh, it's probably worth that effort to put it online. Because, uh, again, you know, artists at art fairs are kind of, I know you guys tend to think of yourself as world travelers, but you're not really. You, you're kind of the Midwest, East Coast, and Florida, and then maybe <laughs> Cherry Creek or Kansas City, and then maybe a little on the West Coast on Texas, right? Um, there's a lot of money in China these days, right? There's a lot of <laughs> Yes. You could find customers in places you never imagined. You could be really big in Shanghai, right? <laughs> that is not going to happen unless you put the stuff up there. 
Um, and again, I know that's kind of a hope and a prayer sort of thing, but honestly, this is a trend I see happening all the time, and like like in real estate, right? I work with real estate people sometimes, and, and they've got I know I, I've got people I know who are in Florida that are serving the Chinese market because Chinese are coming in and buying land in Jacksonville, right? Not an obvious connection, but that's all being enabled by the internet. So there are markets out there that are go beyond you. The point of this whole conversation, I guess, is there are markets beyond you having to go to the show every week. Right. So so you, okay, I, I get what you're saying. We all, we love our art fairs. We love our audiences. We love that those thousands of people come and, and talk to us. But we should be thinking bigger in addition, right? Is that what your point is? Allows that. That's right. Um, and I'm you have dollars to do this, right? Everything I've talked, you could do everything I've talked about today for certainly less than a thousand dollars, probably less than two hundred, and and maybe pretty much free, just time. I mean, these are not large investments, and especially if you're selling, because your question was about large, one of a kind works. Well, presumably those have pretty high price tags. Um, if you're going to sell something that's five or ten thousand dollars or more, then honestly, that's worth some time and a hundred dollars on a website to to get the word out worldwide. One of my tips always has been, oh, people, I'm, I'm just, I'm just too busy. I don't have time to do that. I don't have time. And my tip is, you know, that art fair that you traveled to last week and took you four or five days, and you spent five hundred dollars for a booth fee, and you maybe took, brought home, cleared after all your expenses, five hundred dollars. How about right. if you took those same five or six days and sat down? with Weebly, IndieMade.com, GoDaddy, some one of these platforms, updated your, built a website, and and or updated your present one to sh- really show off who you are now, to make it attractive and interactive so that people are really interested not only in your work but in who you are, which then, of course, goes back to how they like your work, right? I mean, isn't that's that's a much better thing to do with your time and money. That will pay off much long, much longer than any um, some of these trips that you have that you've made. So that's always been my take, take that cross that that marginal show you were thinking about doing in November. Don't do it. Instead, take that week and build your website. That's been yeah. my always my thing. So um, one of the things that um, you also that you've talked about um, to me beforehand is that. You said something about having once. Okay, so you've got your. You're going to the art fairs, then you also have a website, and the work is interchangeable, pretty much, and you know, new work here and there that are not on the site. And then your pricing. What do you think? Should the prices be the same at an art fair booth as it is on your website? I don't think so. Now, I know that's kind of heresy to a lot of folks in, in the retailing industry. That's called channel conflict. But I don't see any logical reason why your prices on your website shouldn't be a lot lower. And I know that's kind of scary. Um, ah, to folks. Yes, <laughs> scared me there. Uh-huh. What's, well, what's I, the reason for that? I don't have to spend three days on the freeway. You don't have to fill up your van three times at $4 a gallon. You don't have to spend... You know, three nights in the Motel Six or the Four Seasons, depending on where you're living, where you're staying. You know, you don't have the booth fees. You don't have all the stuff. Da 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 da. Right? And and if all you come down to is getting up in the morning, turning on your computer, seeing you have an order, and then boxing something and sending it out, why wouldn't that be cheaper? 
And that kind of transparency is hitting every other industry, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but it's also inevitable. And and I think that um, I've talked with artists about this. Again, folks from expertwebsitereviews.com, some of them have even booked private coaching calls with me to to help work on their business strategy and figure out how to compete in this new world. Um, And I think you... Any artist website, you can have your art fair schedule, then a page about wholesale or you know dealer inquiries, which could be more custom because obviously you'll give them a discount, and then uh, the prices could be could be lower and different than they are at the show. And if anybody calls you on that, you just tell them the truth. You say, well, I'm happy to give it to you here in Florida today, and I'm going to hand it to you, but it costs yeah, it costs fifty bucks more. Why? Because I drove here from Ohio, and you know I have all these expenses. But the beauty for you is you get it right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that people would have differing opinions on that, but I think that's the way this, all this stuff is going. And if you turn that around and make it a selling point, um, you know, I see a future where artists more and more are in their studios making more and better work and selling it online and less and less driving around the country, <laughs> standing in booths in the hot sun. And if that's the case, if you, if you like that vision, then offering really competitive prices on your website is one way to tilt the balance in that, in that direction. Oh well, that's 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 a hard one to swallow. I but I I understand it uh, intellectually what you're saying, but it's that's that's a tricky one. So um, we just have a, 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 about ten minutes left, Scott. Um, is there anything in particular? Well, should we talk about that you think is real? You know what? Well, I guess okay. Here's mine. If let's say I I've got my domain name, I'm ready to go. What should be on that home page when that person lands on my website, and why why it, is this going to be something more than just a business card i want to I want it to not only bring people around but i want them to, I want to make some money here what should what should be there <laughs> well uh, I think the big trick that most artists are missing is a personal approach first of all i'd have your face up there be the smiling, friendly person you are at the art shows. Um, get your smiling face on there, ideally even holding a piece of your art or showing how you make it or something. Make it personal from the start because the whole point of this is, isn't this one of your slogans that um, fine art not available at a mall near you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Best shopping left in America. Right. That's right. This is different, right? This is not just a Yahoo store. This is Julie Smith, the best jeweler west of the Mississippi, and you know she's here to show you some amazing stuff. And you know I'm, I'm hyperbole here, you know, but but make it personal. That's the first thing I do. When somebody arrives visually, the easiest, even if you're using a really cookie cutter template for for a store provided by like some mainstream provider like Yahoo Stores, the easiest way to personalize that a face. We are genetically wired to react to faces and to eye contact, right? That's just human nature. It's genetic. And I go to far too many websites where people hide their identities buried down in little fine print at the bottom about us. And even then, the picture they have is them, like, not even looking at the camera, you know, or some bad bad uh, iPhone shot that they took on vacation or something. Put yourself on the homepage. Be the person you are at the art show. And welcome people. Say hi, you know. Make it feel like a welcoming place. Then, of course, you need the art. I don't – that's – the next one, right? Some big pictures like, whoa, look at that. What is that? That's cool. I want one of those. And the copy, like I said, this is really good stuff, award-winning this and that. Um, and then the call to action, get some by doing this. Click here, do this, do that. And then here's the other one. And I think we talked about this at the top of the show or teased it. The number one mistake 
Didn't we? I think we said something about that at the yes, top. Yes, we did. What was the number one mistake that artists make? Right, you said you were going to give us an answer. Right, here's the number one mistake, and it rolls right into your question. Nice segue. <laughs> the, the number one mistake is that you're not collecting email addresses. The number one purpose of your website actually is not to make money today. It's not. It's to collect email addresses. That's the number one. So if your website had nothing on it more than your smiling face, uh, a demonstration pictures of your art, and the top that said, sign up for the email list, that would be enough for me. Honestly, as a, as a, I do this full-time. I am a professional startup internet coach, right? Uh, and I've built millions mm-hmm. of dollars of myself online. That email address is, and here's why, it's your retirement plan. Email is the retirement plan for artists. If you guys are older, not going to want to keep driving around in these vans, right? You're going to need an email list. And if you get an email, you can continue to communicate with that person. Even if you don't have plans on doing it this weekend, get the email addresses. And over time, you can set up some emails. And there are tools called autoresponders, which is just a simple email program. You can go to aweber.com or constantcontact.com or any number of services for about 20 bucks a month. And an email, you can write a whole series of follow-up emails. And gradually, you can do a soft sell. Because I know the hard sell is, you know, you're an artist, right? You're not into the hard sell. Or you would have gone and sold cars, right? Um, you can write a whole series of emails that introduce people to you and your process and your background and the art and what inspires you and gradually lead them to an, into a relationship. All the things that you would do in about 60 seconds flat if they walked into your booth, you can do by email over time, but only if you collect the email addresses. And I see artists again and again, they miss, and this is not just artists, actually, almost every website I look at from the Internet misses this point. The email address is far more important than them, them the, you know, a Facebook or a Twitter link or any of the social media stuff. The email address, over time, that list is gold. And over time, you can use that to reach out and gently remind people that you have this beautiful stuff. And over time, you can convert people. And if you started that Think about the email list you would have if you'd started five or ten years ago doing this, right? At every show, meeting people and driving people to your website and getting the email address, you'd have a list of thousands of people. And tell me that's not going to pay off for you. Well, I want to tell you, if anybody who knows knows me and knows my four websites, if you don't think that Scott knows what he's talking about, you visit the four websites that I have, artfaircalendar.com, artfairinsiders.com, artshowreviews.com, callsforartists.com. And each time you hit those sites... Up in the upper right-hand corner is an email sign-up box. And I've been at this, I've been online since uh, 2004, and I started plugging in email addresses from when we were doing the art fairs. And I now have 35,000 subscribers to my email list. It is astonishing. Every day I turn on my computer, I have 20, 30, 40 new people. Who are these people? I've never met them. And and yet, and I'm not doing selling to them. They just want the information. And artists will have that also. So I really, I'm. if you don't believe Scott, believe me, or look at what I've done. And I remember when uh, when we were doing the shows, my husband, Norm Darwish, we would send out newsletters to ahead of time, email newsletters, and we would show this is what's new that's coming to your show this weekend, and here is how we did it. And people would come into our booth, 
show it to me and tell me more about it. And it's it's just it's just such a wonderful personal way of keeping in touch with people. So okay, email so email sign up. You know what we didn't talk about that my my pet pet peeve when I go to artist sites because I'm always looking for people to feature if they don't have their show schedule on their on their email page on their websites. Sure. I mean show schedule I, I that's my big one i i'm i that's like number two for me okay so then so so should they should, should they also be bothering with all this facebook and twitter and pinterest and all that stuff scott what do you think <laughs> well i mean how much more work are we going to give them to do yeah i think the jury's still out on that stuff a little bit you know i wrote a whole book my second book is called e riches 2.0 and it's all about social media marketing i came out a few years ago when all that stuff initially crested um, Twitter and Facebook and all that. Um, I'm a fan of it, but it, in terms of priority, you're an artist first. You're not a marketing guy or you would have gone and worked for, like I said, for a car dealership or something, right? Um, and if you're not a marketing person, I think the social media can be a lot of fun to build community and make friends with people. And if that's something you're comfortable doing, I do recommend it because you can build a community and it's more like what you said with the newsletters you used to send out. You can tell people, this is what I've got and I'm coming and you can come see it. Very friendly, right? Just kind of do that and build it into your daily schedule. It can actually be a lot of fun because it's a very friendly way to do it. And that's the point is, that's why they call it social media. It's not just another business marketing tool. If you jump on Facebook and Twitter and just try to blast out your stuff all the time, you know, you might get a little bump here and there of sales or, or traffic, but that's not really going to lead to much anyway. So I'd rather see you back in the studio creating beautiful art, which will create word of mouth, and then have your customers talking about you on Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook and Google+, and let the customers be so excited that they're spreading the word for you. That's a lot more effective because anybody knows. If I tell you I'm great, you might believe me, but if three other people tell you I'm great, then you start listening to your friends. And that friend referral stuff is really what social media is good for. So I would I would do it to the extent you have time, but um, it's not the first strike in my book. Okay, and I, I want, we just have a few minutes left here. Uh, one of the things you spoke about earlier is that people should have videos of them creating their work. And when you first said that, I thought, oh, gosh, no, no, I don't want to do that. But, in fact, I have been doing it. I have been creating videos, and, you know, I, it sounds, when you first say it, oh, my gosh, something else to do. How complicated is that? But I got an iPhone, as you know, um, last fall, and I've been carrying this iPhone around to art fairs, and I've been doing these little videos at the shows uh, about the art fairs and talking to people, and I've uploaded those to YouTube. I could uh, embed those on my website, right? I mean, that's all that it takes, right? Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. am, I, am I missing something here? Oh, that's, a, that's a great idea. Sure, why not? And just to, let's put the let's put the details in there, uh, so people don't think we're just talking about theory here. YouTube is free. Any video you see on YouTube, there's a button underneath it that says share. You click on the share button, it will give you some code, which is a bunch of you know incomprehensible letters, basically. That, uh, but it's a graph. Maybe I don't know. I'm guessing here, 300 characters. If you Copy that, copying and pasting in an email or in your own website, that video will be on your own website. That's all you have to do for your own work. Have your, your spouse or a friend shoot some video of you with their smartphone or, or a camcorder 
and then upload it to YouTube, which is free. Take that code, copy it, put it on your own website. Seriously, this is this is something you could do this afternoon. It's not as hard as it sounds. Right. I, I've, I've been doing it, and I didn't realize. Okay, so there we are. Okay, listen, um, this is um, – this whole we're almost finished here, and I just want to say this is a kind of a sketchy overview. Uh, lots of great tips, Scott. Really great tips. But I would um, I would really like to do um, a session. I, I see we do have someone who's on the call and has been waiting for 49 minutes to talk to us. Um, this is not supposed to be a call-in show, but I would like to do a call-in show with you, Scott, at a later date, where people, artists who are interested, could call. In and we would take their calls, a live call-in show that would be recorded. Would you be interested in doing that, Scott? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Let, let's let's see how many questions we can get. And, of course, it always helps if we know a little bit about the questions in advance. But, yeah, absolutely. I do that all the time for other radio shows. Uh, happy to. Well, you know, the, and that's one of the reasons why I haven't been taking calls on these shows before because, um, basically, I don't have a call screener. And not that whoever is calling from this 574 area code uh, is somebody that I need to screen, but it, uh, we, just, we just haven't done that. And I would really like to do a call-in show because I think artists have lots of questions, and I'd like to do a, a live call-in event. So, sure. well, okay. Okay. It's better when it's more specific. So, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we are just about ready to wrap it up here. So I'd like to say in closing, thanks, Scott, for your time. And thanks for the expertwebsitereview.com donation that you made to my pledge drive. Thanks for supporting my pledge drive and all my websites. Where would I be without you? Of course, we could turn that around. Where would you be without me? But um, <laughs> there we are. <laughs> anyway, of course, uh, Scott's the best uh, package of advice is uh, from Scott that you can get is in his new book, uh, Click Millionaires. At, it's available at Abison, and but also um, you can join his new free ClickMillionaires.com forum. And special, most people have to buy the book in order to be on his go to his forum. But he's got a special offer for you listeners. If you use the promo code Art Fair Insiders, all one word, to get you'll get membership access normally reserved only for people who have purchased his books. So I want to thank you, Scott, for being with us today, and I appreciate all your help once again. And I want to tell everyone we have many more interesting shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. Our next podcast will be speaking with Barney Davey, barneydavey.com. Barney's specialty is art marketing, and he'll be talking about how to price and sell your art and position your art for selling. Till then, I would like you to visit ArtFairInsiders.com. Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook. And I want you to go out now, create, and make money. Thanks, Scott. Talk to everybody <laughs> Thank again. You. Bye-bye. Bye.